tweet too. Oh, really? Jake, why, why would you tell me to go live if you knew that we oh, needed to tweet? Went live. Welcome to the Wan Show, guys. You get to hang out for an hour with James and Anthony, also known as Anthony Names. Uh, I can tweet for you. Anthony? Anthony Names. Anthony Names? I mean, that, that is a name, I guess. It's it's the first time this combination has happened. I feel like it's a it's a no compromises con like solution here. No compromises. If you love Anthony but hate James, you still get Anthony. If you like James for some reason, he's here too. We've got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to cover all sorts of crazy stuff, including a comparison of the Google Play Pass and Apple Arcade. Yeah, and that should be pretty good. We've also got the Amazon hardware event and the Checkmate iPhone exploit. This Apple Arcade thing is actually more interesting than I thought. Roll the intro. Let's get into it. This is gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a good weekend. It's a Friday. Aren't we doing a, an actual video on this Google Pay, Pla Pay <laughs> Play Pass versus Apple Arcade? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, isn't Nicholas on that, or Maybe. was it Jake? I'm not sure if it was Jake or Nicholas. I don't know, but uh, I'm actually surprised at how cool this topic is. So, I believe that the Apple Arcade subscription came out first, and that's something that was announced. Uh, hey, you guys, be quiet over there. It's something that was announced at the Apple keynote uh, along with the iPhone 11. Yep. And that one seems simpler. It's basically just you pay five bucks a month and you get games. Basically, yeah. But Google's answer to that, which they must have had in development way before, it does, I don't think it's like a, oh yeah, Apple, hold my beer. It's like they obviously something like this they've had in the works for a while. Anyway, their answer isn't just games. It's a lot of games, but it's also apps. Okay. Like, I hadn't been keeping up on this because I'm a filthy iOS user for some reason. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it's weird to a lot of people. But, like, I've got this MacBook Pro. I hacked it to have, like, continuity, and, yeah, it just works. <laughs> <laughs> Google Play Pass is a paid subscription service for Google Play that allows access to around 350 apps and games, removing ads as well as the upfront and in-app price of the game. So if, if an app is normally $2 to buy it, that price will be gone. Or oh. if there's freemium stuff inside, that would be included as well. So how do they handle stuff like, oh, you need this much, this this many gems to continue? I do don't. Just like, I don't know. I think it just, it's like you're out codes. of energy. Do you just like, just like charge it to your Google Play? What was the, uh, what was the code that you typed in in StarCraft for more money? Oh. Not Black Sheet Wall, not Power Overwhelming. Someone knows this. Chat? It's going to be so obvious. Anyway. Uh, they haven't caught up yet, I don't think. So it's going to start with about 350 apps and games, but they say they're going to add more stuff every, every month uh, with titles like This War of Mine and Citus coming soon. And I think if, when you're going through the Play Store, if one of the apps or games that you see on the Play Store is within the purview of the subscription, it's going to have a special logo on it. They made like a, a Google material design stylized ticket logo. It looks like we an admit like one a, kind of ticket. Maybe this Android police link. Oh, God. Let's see here. Do they have any? Yeah. There it is. I think that's a nice little, a nice little logo. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Play Pass is pay, Play Pass. It's so hard to say. Play Pass because I want to say Google Pay. Pay. Yeah, yeah. Pay Plus is coming to the U.S. this week at a price of four ninety nine a month, with available availability extending to more countries soon. And you can do a ten day trial, of course. And what's cool is it works kind of like the family plan on uh, Google Play Music, where it's a family pass. So if you oh. pay the five bucks a month for the 
for the play pass ticket, you get you can give that to up to five different family members, and it's it's totally exclusive or like they're mutually exclusive. So if, if you download a certain game, it doesn't affect me. Everyone's kind of like uh, segregated in that way. Okay, so is it unlimited like the uh, Apple Games Pass is uh, Apple Arcade? What do you mean? Like I think um, actually let me let me just quickly pull this up because it's here in my app store. Uh, arcade, yeah. So all you can play free for one month. Um, oh, so they give you a one month free trial on iOS. Yeah. Whereas they give you ten days on Android. Mm-hmm. But um, iOS looks like it's just games. Whereas again, you said Android was games and apps. That's right. Um, hmm. But there, here's something that's actually super interesting, though. Um, the thing with the Apple Arcade, it has all these constraints that kind of change the whole nature of the thing. So on Apple Arcade. It's all games, no apps. The games are exclusive to Apple's mobile platform. So there can be games on there that maybe also are on Switch or on Xbox, but none of the games on Apple Arcade will be on Android. Okay? Okay. In addition to that, once the games are available, if the, if the game's in Arcade, it's not available on iOS, not in Arcade. Oh. You, you can't just go to the App Store and get these games and play like the paid version, which is how it works on Android. If I don't have the Play Pass, I can still pay two bucks for the game or play the free version of the game and then buy all the free to play or pay to win stuff that's in the game. Right. And so this kind of changes everything because when you're using Apple Arcade, you're playing games that have a completely different design structure to them. Yeah, so like when you consider most mobile games, like they have like gems or some kind of premium currency how do you convert that to like a like a freemium like a play like a, a all you can eat pass like i don't exactly know how google's doing that but what i'm saying is like they don't have to even cross that bridge on the apple arcade right the game doesn't have these built-in mechanics to keep you playing and stuff it can be it could be like games used to be when they thought you just paid you paid for the ticket and now you can take the ride and the ride can be all myriad things the ride doesn't have to be designed to give you these dopamine hooks at like t very specific intervals to keep you playing for another five hours and putting more coins in the machine. Yeah. So that's why we made the title of this episode what we did, because it's kind of like, those are kind of the games I want to play. Yeah. Like if they can make like a story-driven RPG or something that, you know, doesn't require any microtransactions, that sounds great to me. Like that's the kind of thing that's very rare on a mobile device. But how like I don't see how that that can translate over to Google Play unless they make like twenty dollar games that you can purchase on the Play Store. Yeah, and the other side of it is that if there's like really really huge games that are on iOS and Android, those games are not going to be on Apple Arcade because they're not going. Those games aren't going to. The opportunity cost of missing out on all this revenue from the different platforms isn't going to be worth it for those games to just be exclusive to Apple Arcade or. Well, I mean, that really depends on what you define as worth it, because Apple probably has quite a bit of cash to throw at people to do that. Yeah, that's one thing we don't know is how they're being compensated. So we had some, <clears throat> there's some notes here about how Google was going to comp uh, compensate developers. Initially, they planned to pay developers based on a formula that focused on how much time the games were being played. Ooh. But that's problematic, as it encourages the creation of games that require players to grind forever in order to boost developer payouts, right? Like if I'm getting paid per time you spend in my game, I'm not gonna have, I'm gonna have a game that is just tedious or like a long bloated game. Yeah, it's like, like, a, it's like a dark incentive. What happens with idle games where like you have a timer going in the game and then you like come along and get a bunch of stuff later? Like does that count as playtime if it's idle time? What do you mean by idle time? Like, what like have you example? ever played? Okay, so there's these these games on uh, on mobile and also on like web browsers and stuff. Uh, basically, what they do is while idle, like a, a score will start counting up, and then you can come back into the game, make some decisions, and then leave it for a while, and then you can come back and make some more decisions. That kind of thing. Like time ticks on, and you yeah. kind of want time to tick on. Yeah. Like if I'm playing Harvest Moon '64 and I want I want winter to be over or something like that, I kind of something just, like that. I yeah. leave it on. It's I not not quite go the same, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, that it's been a long time. It's been a long time for me. I'm going. <laughs> I'm referencing Harvest Moon '64. Well, have you ever played the original Harvest Moon? On SNES? Yeah. No, I don't think so. 
I prefer it, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's basically the same game. Uh, so in response to the developer outcry, Google's FAQ now reads, developers earn a royalty that is based on algorithmic methods that incorporate signals which capture how users value all types of content, from weather apps to narrative-driven indie games. That sounds hard to build. How? <laughs> how, how are they planning to do that? Uh, algorithmic methods, Anthony. We're going to incorporate signals. <laughs> like the same way that, like, did you see the tweet that I made earlier? Um, I typed in iPhone 11 Pro on YouTube. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. And it was like, oh, hey, you, you, must, you must be looking for the related content, The Last of Us 2. Like, this is the algorithm they're going to compensate. Well, did you the click on it? Did you? <laughs> well, it'll be a, its own algorithm, obviously, but. Well, I mean, same people. Well, yeah, but it's counterintuitive because no, that video does not seem to be like a super related thing, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't keep people on the platform, which is their main goal, right? They want to. Just maximize watch time. Yeah, and satisfaction. I guess so. Like maybe people who like the iPhone 11 Pro are like really big into The Last of Us. But were you in an incognito browser, or were you just on like the art? Oh, it was a, it was on my browser, so like it might have been. But it said specifically related, you. Though. Yeah. Well, do you like The Last of Us? Never looked it up. Hmm. At least not on these computers. You probably love it. Probably. <laughs> I just don't know it yet. <laughs> I actually haven't played it. I don't know why. I think David loves that game. Uh, should we cover this Amazon hardware now? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what this is all about. This is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, so Amazon had at their headquarters in in uh, Seattle, they had a big hardware event where in pure Amazon fashion, they announced like 17 new products, many of which are just like random and you'll probably never get. Um, so they did that. <laughs> uh, but there's some interesting things in here. They're doing earbuds, the Echo Buds. Uh, which somehow incorporate Bose active, active noise cancelling? Uh, oh god, there's so many ads. Uh, so most of these devices, if there's a theme, it's, well, it's more Echo devices for the home and like, so iterating on the devices they already had. But the other theme is taking oh. Alexa... I, should, I guess I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Never mind. Taking the assistant out of the home and on the go with you. So that's the idea with the buds. And it's also the idea with two kind of more novel devices, which are kind of interesting. Um, a pair of glasses, which are um, prescription compatible, and they don't have a camera on them. They don't have a screen on them or any AR stuff. They just have Alexa built in. Dang it, I Wait. did it again. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Echo frames what? So they, they have ALEXA built in? Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Is it paired to your phone or something? Uh, I don't think the... I don't know if the frames are paired to your phone, but I know that the the loop is paired to your phone. The loop is... Uh, the Echo loop is a ring. And admittedly, it still looks pretty not normal. Like, if I saw yeah, someone... That's pretty chunky. If I saw someone wearing that, I would know something was going oh, I on. I can't see that. Yeah. Um, the ring... The loop, Echo Loop, for a hundred bucks, is an Alexa-enabled smart <laughs> ring featuring two tiny microphones and a button for activate, activating the device. It pairs with your phone and it will vibrate to let you know uh, when the assistant is listening, as well as when uh, you're receiving a notification or a call. You can actually program one single contact onto the device and call that one contact. But apparently, um, you have to like talk into it and like put it to your ear to listen. But. That's a little weird, but that kind of makes sense. Like, except, I mean, it's a hundred dollars. It kind of is a hundred dollars, but wait, what? It kind of is. Well, they have this like day one feature on their website. It's part of it's part of Amazon where they have these kind of startupy um, kind of beta devices where they're only making a limited number of these things, and you kind of have to get invited, like given the option to buy it. And then you can give them their hundred dollars. You know, be, it's kind of like a big beta program. And then if the okay. device is successful and they take your feedback, then they'll double down and make a bunch of these things, as they do. Yeah. Because um, like smartwatches exist. Mm-hmm. This seems like a big problem for them, because this <laughs> is 
This is big. Like that that ring, like that looks like it goes between two knuckles. Like it is huge. Mm. Yeah, you're like your hand would not be flat on a table. Yeah. Like that would be very inconvenient to wear in my opinion. I don't I don't know why they thought it was a good idea. Like maybe it'd be good for kids, but then kids would never get it on their fingers. So, I don't It know. does. I think they do offer a few different sizes of it. But uh, I don't know. Like I don't use Echo. I don't. I'm not in that ecosystem. I use the Google Assistant. Yeah. If there were a Google Assistant ring, I don't think I would care to wear it. I don't think it does enough for me yet. But that said, I am super stoked that Amazon does do this. I'm stoked that they push out these like semi-useless products. I'm stoked that they make these like weird products, like a microwave and everything, and that they just like, kind of shard out so many different things that maybe aren't the most polished, but I'm thankful because what it does is force the competition forward. Because now Google, like if this is gonna be um, getting any traction at all, then maybe Google thinks, oh dang, it's time for us to make our glasses, or it's time for us to make our ring, and then Apple thinks it's time for us to make our glasses, and it kind of just makes everybody compete a little more, and then uh, we eventually may get the to the goal where maybe I can get a pair of uh, Pixel Buds that don't pair to my phone, that have the Google Assistant, and the Assistant is advanced enough that I don't even need my phone. Hmm. Like when smartphones came out, and still to this day, there's so many things that you can't do with them compared to a PC. The screen is super small. It's super inconvenient to use my smartphone screen to do a lot of tasks, but it's good enough to do tons of other tasks. And if the assistant gets better, if the assistant gets to the point where it can like, oh, you just got a new email from so-and-so, do you want me to read it? Sure, what's to say, blah, blah, blah. And then I can reply to it and I can do all sorts of things like that. If I can get even like 60% of the things I could do with my phone just done with the assistant, then that's, that is truly disruptive. You can be in a developing country where you, you don't have $1,000 for a new smartphone, but you m might be able to get together $40 or $60 for these kinds of headphones. And suddenly that's like a whole new game changer. And I, I see Amazon's uh, products like this as like precursors to those kind of devices. Okay, so like it's kind of like almost like an alpha really, or pre-alpha because they're, they're gauging interest. And to me, that, makes, that angle makes sense because when I think about it, it wasn't that long ago that smartphones required a tether to your computer. Like you had to like sync your contacts to your computer, you had to sync your music, your photos, you couldn't actually like fully use your smartphone without your computer. Now, and even iPhones when they first launched needed iTunes yeah. for everything. Yeah, iTunes required iTunes, like iTunes iPods. Required, iPods and iPhones required iTunes uh, up until I think, was it the four? Or 4S? Maybe it was the 5. Was it that long? Well, they went, I think the first intermediary step was that iTunes came out for Windows. Yeah. And then you could use your iPod with Windows. Um, because previously it was a Firewire Mac device, uh, which I think you can also use on Windows to this day if you have a Firewire card, which is actually kind of cool. But yeah, like it, it used to be that you did not have an independent device other than your computer. Your computer was like the hub that everything plugged into. But the more devices like this become independent, yeah, the, the broader the accessibility becomes for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, in not, e not even just in the first world, but like the third world as well. Well, I think is weird though is it's, to me, I don't have a lot of appeal for the Echo devices because, and I mean, I don't use it, and I'm sure this is a narrow view of it, but to me it seems like it's shopping focused. Yeah. Like they're, like Google's goal is to deliver their main product, Google, to you. And that's answering questions, uh, like helping you query and, and sort information. Whereas Amazon's goal is to sell you stuff. So like, I'm not that interested in this ring that helps me order new toilet paper when I'm out and about. Oh, you don't want one of those Amazon, what were they called? The buttons? The buttons? The, the dash button? Yeah, the dash, the Amazon dash. I don't know. That was such a great April Fool's joke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I know. I know. Maybe it's just because I came to Canada later. I have a couple friends that have Echoes, but yeah, the Google ecosystem is more, um, let's say, robust at this point. IMO. Amazon does push it forward in other areas earlier than Google, though. Like I, they acquired Ring before. Was it before that Google got Nest? 
It's certainly before. I think it was before. Wait, it may it? not have been before they actually acquired Nest, but it was they were doing stuff with the Ring before Google was doing anything with Nest. Because it was only in the last hardware event that they unveiled all those integrated like Nest and Assistant in one box kind of things. Hmm. And it seems like they're heavily subsidizing that stuff too, which is helping, I think, for adoption. Well, there's no way like anyone else would sell <clears throat> these like the Ring for a hundred dollars. Oh, it's not. Yeah, I, I that wonder how cheap. much technology is actually in that little ring. I know. Well, there's speakers and microphones, and haptics, and a button, and Bluetooth, obviously. Haptics is tough to get in that small little form factor. Hmm. Hmm. Did you hear about this uh, checkmate? Oh yeah. It reminds me of. Uh, well, actually, it reminded Jake first, but it also reminds me of that uh, the Green Poison exploit. Back uh, during the, oh, it was back in like the 2010s, sometime like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, what was um, an unpatchable jailbreak that, uh, yeah, took advantage of some flaws, <laughs> and that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, from the iPhone 4S to the iPhone 10, all devices are impacted. That's everything from the, I think, the A5 processor up to the A12 or A11? A11. A11. Yeah. So, basically, that could mean that jailbreaking is back. But it's a big if right now. This is, a, this is an exploit. Right. It's an exploit. And we don't know if this exploit is going to develop into actual jailbreaks. That's true. It all depends on what the exploit is capable of doing. If the exploit can actually enable unsigned code to execute, then all bets are off. That is absolutely 100% the case. Um, that's how the Nintendo Switch got hacked. That's how the Sony PS Vita got hacked. PSP got hacked. They found a way to run unsigned code, and they ran it. <laughs> <laughs> the PS3 got hacked in a different way, but that's, well, I mean, it, it kind of both ways. So yeah. backing up a bit here, a newly announced mm -hmm. iOS exploit could lead to a permanent unblockable jailbreak on hundreds of millions of iPhones, according to researcher Axum X, who discovered it. So most generations of iPhones and iPads are vulnerable from the iPhone 4S on an A5 chip to iPhone 8 and iPhone 10 on the A11 chip. The uh, Apple patched the flaw in last year's A12 processors, though, meaning that iPhone 10S, 10R, and the 11 and 11 Pros from this year will not be affected. So this, this exploit is called Checkmate um, with an 8. <laughs> in the name, and it's it's a boot ROM vulnerability, which gives hackers deep access to to iOS devices because this is the code that runs when you boot up. It's the first code that runs. You can't you can't change this. You can't patch this with with a firmware update. Yeah. So if you can gain access to the boot ROM uh, at a low level, no matter what that boot ROM is, then yeah, you have control of the system. But they have to, you have to do this with a, a hard line plug-in, right? Like you have to have a USB plugged in? Or? Yeah, probably um, there may be an alternative. I don't know exactly, I don't think they say. Yeah, it's a tethered exploit for now, meaning that it can only be triggered over USB, which means that each time you restart your device, you'll have to re-trigger the jailbreak. Oh, is, really? Yeah, that's, that's what a tethered jailbreak means. Um, it was kind of a bummer back when I was like jailbreaking iPhones. And uh, I think it's a big reason why people stopped doing it. That and the fact that like Apple has actually been adding more and more of that jailbroken um, functionality that people have come to expect from, well, their jailbreaks. But like I think it got to the point, didn't the Cydia store shut down? I thought it did. So, okay, hold on a second. If you... The guy who did this, or the group who did this, a lot of people would think that this part of this is immoral. I can imagine Steve Jobs saying, you know, like, this is our property and, and you guys are ruining it and you're making uh, the iOS experience, like, worse for everybody. But they actually have their own kind of rationale of why this is better for everybody. They said that um, this will make iOS better for everyone because jailbreakers and tweak developers will be able to jailbreak their, their phones on the latest version. And they'll not need to, to wait around. Um, they won't have to stay on older iOS versions waiting for a jailbreak. And for that reason, they'll be safer. 
Yeah, there are security um, implications of using older versions of iOS. Um, the thing for me, though, is that my iPhone 6S Plus is not going to get iOS 14. But if I can stay on iOS 13 and this processor is vulnerable, then what I can do is I can jailbreak this and add features that are later added to iOS. So yeah, Apple wouldn't like that because then you're removing one incentive for you to upgrade to the next device. Right, and right now there are very few. Watch the review. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's here. Hey. Hey, Nick. Scoot, 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 scoot. We guys have stuff on the other side. Did you Stuck guys tell everybody about the good news of LTTstore.com? LTTstore.com, what's that? Whoa! <laughs> um, so we're launching a new shirt today. Did you Woo! talk about the new shirt that we're launching? No, not we yet. Have not. Where's we your have... new shirt, James? Oh, here it is, right here. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed um, to wear this? Oh. I mean, theoretically, That's yeah. why it's here. Oh, what size option. was this one? Right. Was this a small or medium? This is oh, a medium. Yeah, that, that would not fit on me. So uh, we're launching new design GPU. Uh, we'll have another new design theoretically next week as well. So just so you guys know, and then we're also running. Um, I heard there's a sale. Is that yeah, we're, we're running the final Elemental promo. So if you remember the last time we did it, four for fifty. Uh, we are honoring the same deal, four for fifty Elemental T-shirts. It gets automatically applied to your order when you add four Elemental T-shirts of any size and slash or color to your cart. Okay, oh, so yeah. you don't need There's a promo a code or anything. You just just automatically select four, put them in select the cart. Four, put it in. Get them while they're hot. Um, we had a similar number available last time, and it lasted less than eight hours, I think. So really, get them while they're hot. <laughs> okay, bye. There he goes. Okay. I guess we don't have any photos on the site yet. Of the cheap you can't tell that was can, a Naruto run. You oh. can. Uh, now everyone's doing it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get the photos up very soon, but they can see them here. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha ha. Yeah, we took photos today. Yeah, I was wearing this. I don't get to keep one. I'm I'm, t I'm keeping this one. I mean, what else are they gonna use this size? You for? just wear it home. Just wear it home. That's all. That's, I've, that's what I've been now. doing. That's I've been. I haven't had to shop for clothes in a while. Well, I guess we're into the sponsors <clears throat> now, so we I might as well so. do that. Starting sure. with. Vertigear! Woo! Yeah! Yeah, check out these RGB chairs. These, these are very visible. They're here. They're all show long. By this point, we are sure that you know who Vertigear is. They make super comfortable, quality gaming chairs. They're taking things to the next level with their RGB LED kits. They feature wireless connectivity through your PC and customizable color combinations with audio and visual sync. They got accents and customized... Oh, accents and customization will be available in a few months, along with these RGB upgrade kits. Wait, these are upgrade kits? You don't even have really? to buy a whole new chair? Does this pop out? Uh, yeah, it's true. it feels like it pops out, this. actually. That's like, it BA. feels like it's it's clipped in. Like, there's a, there's a little lip here that I can pull Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's like a lock. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'm accessing the, ba the batteries and stuff, that's why it went off. Well, yeah. Oh god, help us. There we go. Oh boy. Yeah, there's a power button back here. Oh, cool. What other mysteries? <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can learn <laughs> you can learn more today at the links in the video description or at birdagear.com. Sweet. So, speaking of sweet, our next sponsor is Savage, Savage Jerky. Savage. Oh, mm. you do good voice stuff. What makes a great jerky? You may think it's flavor, but that's only the half of it. What's the other half? Savage jerky is handcrafted in small batches to keep quality high, while not having to use the... Can I smell one of those? While not having to use the need? Yeah, sure. You want uh, Reaper? Oh god, no. <laughs> I don't want to like burn my nostril hair. Sriracha teriyaki. Yeah, so uh, without having to use uh, any nitrates or preservatives to create the jerky. They've got 13 different flavors from their sweet teriyaki That's to the no, intense, spicy Carolina Reaper. I actually, um, I've got some of this at home. Um, my partner actually straight up 100% loves this stuff, but needs to get gloves to handle it. Like, she can handle it in the mouth, but like doesn't want to touch her eye later. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah, so that, that's happened. And uh, yeah, well, let's let's also just say that it's it's just as spicy on the other side. But, yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't scratch your butt later. Yeah, it is absolutely 
ridiculous how uh, how spicy that is. Uh, so yeah, they've got 13 different flavors. They also make hot sauces, including this nice Reaper sauce, which uh, yeah, she's tried this as well, and it's actually really good. You don't I'm do not, hot. When stuff gets too hot, I'm like kind of there, but kind of not. What like about it, this one? Sniff, give that a sniff. Oh yeah, that sounds that smells pretty. It good. doesn't smell spicy. It smells like it smells sweet. It smells like uh, like the buffalo bacon. But it's sriracha. Huh. Put it in. Put it in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maximum. No, that's pretty. Maximum sweet. heat level. Holy cow. Have you ever had that? I don't think so. Have you ever had anything with reaper in it? I think so. I had a bite of one of the. Um, Wait, the Reaper jerky uh, pieces, and uh, yeah, that was that was enough. Do you know that is this the hottest flavor they have, or is the Carolina Reaper one, or a, don't they a ghost pepper? Don't they have a ghost pepper one? A oh, Reaper is hotter. This is the ho this is the hottest one. Reaper is hotter because I ate yeah. their really hot one on like the first time I was ever on a WAN show, mm -hmm. and I tried to be really cool. You guys should go check that episode out. I think you can see my the iris of my eyes turning black, <laughs> like there's liquid floating in them. I'm just like. This is nothing, Linus. This is not facing me at all. But it, yeah, it was bad for like the rest of the weekend. Mm. Wow, <laughs> really? For that long? <laughs> no, not really. But definitely the next morning. Mm. So you guys, you can use offer code LTT to save 10% on all of their products, including the 13 flavors of jerky and the sauce at lmg.gg slash savage jerky. Like Linus, my favorite is maple buffalo bacon. You guys so have that in common? Yeah, we have that in common. Yeah. I really like it. And I looked over there. I think he's eating them all. <laughs> That's our Linus. <laughs> and our final sponsor, Lower Third Place, is Displate. Displate right here. I would touch that, but I think parts of the WAN wall fall off. Yeah, literally they did just That a tile ago. was falling off. Um, I really think this looks like Justin Timberlake. I might just get the game just for that. Really? No. Okay. I'll get it for, because it's going to be a good game. Display is a magnet-mounted metal print. See this? Boom. Yeah. Just comes right off. Chuck her goes on. Goes right back on. Oh. Well, I mean. Well, my hand's in the way of it. There you go. There you go. They're durable. You don't need any power tools to hang it. There's over 260,000 different arts spanning a bunch of different styles and influences. And with their easy magnet mounting, there are no holes in the wall, and it's replaceable. So you can just keep... Buying them and chucking them up. There you go. <laughs> How dare you? Why not? Ooh, Swedish colors. Swedish. What, what is this gonna? What's this gonna be? Something else. Something else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any other displays over here right now. Did you know that they plant ten trees for each display purchased? I did not know that. Neither did I. They, I don't see why they need to because they're not made of wood or anything. Why not? <laughs> sure. They should plant like ten. I don't know. Plant 10 aluminums. Ten, ten, yeah, 10 aluminums and 10 <laughs> magnets. <laughs> 10 magnets. They partnered with CD Project Red to create Cyberpunk 2077 prints, as you can see here. So head to our link below and use code LTT to save 15% today. Today. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And, and Monday. Yeah, All right, yeah, uh, that yeah, is yeah. it for sponsors. Let's get back to the good stuff. Boss Dynamics. Is selling their spot robot now. Oh god, they're selling something now? Okay, they're they're leasing the spot robot. Do you know which one spot is? Isn't that the, like the dog one? It's the small dog one. Okay. It used to be called Spot Mini. Now it's just called Spot. Oh, okay. So they're leasing them, and only to like hand-picked companies, because I think they have limited quantities. You can't just. I don't think we could get one if we just wanted one. That sucks. Yeah. But what possible utility could they have? Why would they be leasing them? Yeah, I think. Um, it's not for everybody. Like when you watch their robots on YouTube, you're like, "Holy cow! It's doing backflips. This thing can do anything." But in reality, um, like you're not seeing all the outtakes mm -hmm. of when it falls over or all the humans that are in the background helping out. So there are very specific use cases, but those use cases do exist. These robots can't do everything for you, but they can do certain things really well. So, in the case of Spot. Uh, one example I read about was like, let's say you're a site inspector, and once okay. a week you go to like a construction site and you make sure that everything is laid where it's supposed to be. With a spot mini, that thing could 
just patrol the site every day. And once the area is mapped, it can actually detect changes. So it can just tell you, like at a glance, this is what's changed, and then you can look at the 360, like the stitched <clears throat> footage that it gives you, and then just kind of do a visual inspection remotely. So you can do a less good inspection more often. Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting use case. Um, I'd heard of lasers being used for that, but like, I think uh, there are London metros that use lasers to do that kind of thing for surveying. But I guess you can't really do that for everything. Well, I guess that would require, and, that's a human has to set that up every time then, right? Well, they're permanently installed, I think. Oh, okay, okay. But at the same time, that is a permanent installation. And, and it's a contained, like, static environment. Yeah. So, like, if you're looking at things that change over time in, a, in an environment that is, like, by definition always changing because it's like a build site or something. Yeah. Then, yeah, maybe. I mean, it, the fact that it can actually navigate as well. Yeah. So, it's, it's, like, kind of autonomous. When you first get it, you have to control it with a remote control and walk it around the area to map the area. Mm -hmm. But then I think once it's mapped and its parameters are laid out and it's walked around it and gone up all the stairs and everything. After that, then it can walk around autonomously and do the, all the remapping itself. And of course, they're famously good at going over uneven terrain and like, if the thing gets knocked onto, like turtled onto its back, it can still like wobble its legs and, and right itself. And if it trips on stuff, so that's pretty BA. Well, apparently Cirque du Soleil is looking at it. It might incorporate them in some of their shows. Why? Like, have you been to Cirque, Cirque du Soleil? Actually, no. They usually have like um, comedians, like clowns, walking around amongst the audience. I could see them doing something like that with it. Hmm. Obviously, it's not going to be doing backflips. Stereo cameras. I think it has five cameras to begin with, like that all of them get, because there's different models. They say that the that it costs about as much as a car, but cars have a huge range, and so do these. So it depends on the options you get. I wouldn't specifically say that the uh, operating environment information here is especially impressive. IP54, I mean, yeah. it's less than a phone from five years ago. Yeah, like it seems like, well, I mean, then again, there's a lot more moving parts. So I guess that is impressive. Payload capacity, 14 kilograms. Eh. Applications. Okay, here we go. Construction oil and gas for what? Inspect facilities? So Public safety. Keep each one comes with five pairs of stereo cameras positioned around the machine. Okay. Its front cameras scan the ground ahead for obstacles and decide whether to climb over them or to dodge them altogether. So as I understand it, if something is 30 centimeters or a foot or less, then it'll mount it and go over that way, but if it's larger than that, then it just walks around. Hmm. And there's a pretty kick-ass looking controller. Controller almost looks like a Sega Game Gear or something like that. It's got a big screen on it, and I, you can look through the screen. It shows a feed from the robot's board-facing cameras, and uh, you can send the machine to different wave uh, waypoints. I guess it's it's kind of like looking at um, Google I guess Street that View. Would be, um, I guess that would be here in the the video here. Let's see if that shows up here. It's two minutes long, so maybe... Yeah, the video is mostly just this thing walking through various sets. It looks like it's... a pretty involved video, honestly. It looks expensive. Uh, that's clearly CG, though. Three miles an hour. 90-minute runtime. That's pretty good. Because I thought that their other robots, like Atlas, only were ripping around wirelessly for, like, 15 minutes. Hmm. And you can swap the batteries out. God, I can only imagine how much they charge for one of those batteries. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can oh, add additional sensors on its back, like LiDAR laser scanner for mapping an environment in high detail. And then that's obviously an add-on, that weird yeah. dinosaur neck thing. Yeah. But can they... I don't think they can interact like that, though. I don't know. Like, can one hold the door for another? They've done it. They've done it in their... Um, presentations like in their YouTube videos but that can be just pre-rendered as it were you know they could have just pre-programmed that 
activity. I don't know if they're like aware of each other to the extent that they could solve problems like that. I imagine they are not, but come to think of it, it wouldn't be that difficult, would it? Well, but there'll be folks, like most clients would probably just want one. So if you have a limited ability to uh, invest your time on like building out certain features, you're probably going to focus on the features uh, on making one of them better. And like the team-based stuff, I would think would come like in V2. Hmm. Oh man. You see, you buy these things to make your business more productive, but then everybody wants to look at it. <laughs> yeah, and then they become a pet. Like, look at this. Look at this. Isn't that adorable? It's cute. <sighs> Wait, can we show that without being like just demonetized right away? Uh... I don't know if you can like just watch videos on your stream. I know lots of other channels don't do that. H well, I mean... The damage is done. I don't know. It's an advertisement, guys. It's a thing we're looking at. We were looking at the <laughs> website first. We can... It, it doesn't matter. Let, a, let us help you show your ad to more eyeballs. Don't content ID us. <laughs> Sony launches online PlayStation storefront for hardware and accessories. Oh. Yeah, you can buy hardware, Sony PlayStation hardware, directly from Sony now on their same store. It honestly feels a little bit strange that that hasn't been possible. Yeah. Till now? You would think that they would have done that like as soon as they had the internet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd think Sony would have done a lot of things, but they actually were kind of behind uh, Microsoft on many issues relating to online. If you remember correctly, or if I remember correctly, um, it was... PlayStation Network was like really kind of jank at first, and they also released streaming like streaming media later than Microsoft did, and I think Microsoft actually had an exclusive with Netflix for a little while. So Sony was really on the back foot for a lot of the PS3 generation. So just to back up, PlayStation fans and gift givers can now visit a single destination to buy PlayStation games and hardware directly from PlayStation. Uh, integrated with the PlayStation.com website, you can now navigate from hardware and game product information pages directly to purchasing either a PS4, a PS4 Pro, a PSVR system and bundles, as well as headsets, DualShock 4, wireless controllers, PSVR accessories, a selection of physical games. You can actually buy discs from these guys. And voucher codes for PS Plus subscriptions. And the prices on the site are going to be the same kind of thing you're going to find at the retailers. It's not going to be more expensive. Um, but the new online store, for now, is open exclusively uh, in the U.S. Oh, well, that's why I can't see it then. <laughs> they have a couple bundles here. Uh, you, can t you tell me, do you think this is a good deal? A PlayStation 4 plus mm -hmm. a 12-month subscription of PS Plus for 400 U.S. dollars, which is $20 savings compared to normal. How much is a year at PS Plus? Is it $60 U.S. or $50 U.S.? I don't know. But, I mean... I mean, 20 bucks is it's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks off. Like, do you feel like like that's the best they could do for this Epic Store launch? Yeah, you would think that they would be, like, throwing in a your PlayStation Now or, or PlayStation... Not PS Now. PS Now is a different thing. But the PlayStation Plus account. But uh, I guess... I mean, they are giving away games every every month, so... They also have a PlayStation 4 Pro and a 12-month subscription of PS Plus for $430, which is $30 off. For the extra 30 bucks, I'd go with the PS4 Pro, but like, I don't know. It's actually only, it's kind of, well, I guess it's an extra 30 bucks, but it's kind of only an extra 20 bucks in a way, too, because you save more. Mm. That's, that is just gambler logic. <laughs> I have a problem. I mean, either way, 30 or 20 bucks, like, okay, you, you're going out, like, you order a pizza or whatever. Like, you can not order a pizza and get a PS4 Pro instead of a PS4. Like, I, I don't, I think I'm going to have the PS4 for dinner. PlayStation Plus members are eligible for free one-day express shipping. Do you think a lot of people will end up buying from this? One-day express, honest, I can't see many people doing it. Amazon is already so um, entrenched, I guess, in terms of like online sales. I don't think that Sony is going to have the network for like just just the logistics of the shipping like, well they might they might they probably outsource that to somebody else well yeah but like 
unlike Amazon, Sony has to keep all of this stuff in a warehouse somewhere. Amazon has a like a distribution network. They could be keeping them in Amazon warehouses for all we know. Well, that could be. They could they might be drop shipping them from Amazon. So it's really about the portal. Like do you think there's going to be uh the ability to access this? Oh god. Oh, what do we do? Um just, just wait 10 seconds. Yay! <laughs> the lost minute of WAN show. Well, is there going to be a link in the store, like, or from the PlayStation, from your PlayStation like HUD, like dashboard, on your console? If it connects directly to the store and it's it's um, displayed in a really user friendly way, they could get a lot of direct sales that way. I guess, like, oh hey, I've got the. I'm looking at downloading this game and it's got VR support. Oh hey, here's the link to the PSVR. Oh hey, I can just buy that and have it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds pretty neat. But is your auntie getting you a Christmas present going to use PlayStation.com? <laughs> or your partner get, getting you a gift? Uh, no. Although it's a, maybe gift cards could be a good, good place to get gift cards. Yeah, it would be like, hey, Auntie, instead of like going to Best Buy or Walmart, can you get me a PlayStation Store credit card? Mm. I want the credit on the PlayStation Store. I don't want. I don't want to go to Best Buy. Maybe they'll have a. You know, when you're at the drugstore and there's like a wall of gift cards. Yeah. Maybe they'll just have their own right there. Well, they have like PlayStation Store cards like that. Mm -hmm. That you can like load. I'm pretty sure you can load value on. Well, if it's the same store, then you'll just be able to use that yeah. towards hardware. It's just they need larger denominations mm -hmm. because you're buying hardware. Four hundred dollar yeah. ticket. So like maybe you get like a five hundred dollar PlayStation Store card and you can just like buy a PlayStation, mm -hmm. which seems to be a little bit roundabout. But I mean, at least <laughs> then you get to choose your PlayStation, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> a little bit weird. Well, that's it for that one. Last topic. Ooh. Alibaba unveils its first AI chip. <laughs> so. The backstory to this is um, in the world of cloud computing, where Amazon has the most market share, followed by, I believe, Azure, and then like, pff, who's after that? Maybe Google Maybe Fire, Google? like Google Firebase, I think. Um, Alibaba actually has like five percent market share, I think. Weird. That's no, wait, wait. They're in the top five, and they're I think they're the biggest in China. Um, bigger than Huawei. It's all in the notes here, let's see. Alibaba unveiled its first chip to power artificial intelligence processes on Tuesday. The move could boost its already fast-growing cloud computing business and signals China's growing ambitions in developing its own homegrown semiconductor industry. The chip called, oh, I hate when I have to pronounce Chinese things, called Hanguang 800, can cut down computing tasks that would have usually taken an hour down to just five minutes, the e-commerce giant claims. Which tasks? <laughs> Alibaba said the chip is currently being used internally within the company's business operations, especially in product search and automatic translation on e-commerce sites, huh. personalized recommendations, advertising, and intelligent customer services. They're not going to be selling this as a standalone product. Instead, the company is planning to use the chip in its cloud computing products and then offer those services. Um, I'm trying to find the... I know I have the... I thought I had the uh, market share things. What I do have is that Beijing highlighted semiconductors as a key area of the Made in China 2025 plan that they rolled out recently, or in the last couple of years. It's a government initiative that aims to boost the production of higher value products. Instead of you know, just making plastic toys there, they want to make chips. <laughs> Stuff mm. They want to eat Intel's lunch. Delicious. You know? <laughs> uh, China aims to produce 40% of the semiconductors that it uses by 2020 and 70% by 2025. That's scary. That's a lot. 70%. So are they are they planning on just using that that deal with AMD for like their desktop market share then? Like like 
how many chips are fabricated in China now versus how many chips would have to be fabricated in China? Well, I don't know if they just mean fabricated, but they, they think they mean designed. Designed in China. Because when I, I've spoken to people who are teachers in China, and their students write essays for them, and this uh, common theme of these students' essays is that a lot of things are made in China, but very few things are designed in China. Hmm. And this next generation of kids wants to, you know, kind of change that instead of just following instructions from all the other companies. So I would, or other countries. So I would assume that um, they mean like actually made from like start to finish in China. But when they say 70% or 40% of the semiconductors it uses, when they say it, do they mean every person in the country, like my desktop gaming PC at home, or do they mean it referring to like the government of China, like? I had to assume that it means the government, but that being said, from what I understand, I don't, I don't really, hmm. No, that's not how it works in China. The, the government isn't everything. It's just, it's, it's state capitalism is what it is. Um, so yeah, that seems like everything that the government uses is probably going to be what they're talking about here. But with that being said, in order for that to be economical, they would need to then be able to sell that to customers in China. Because, like, yeah, if course. you think about it, like, how are they going to get software? How are they going to get, like, support for that kind of thing? They, they need to have a full ecosystem that they're going to build. If they're going to build semiconductors, like AI chips, CPUs, GPUs, all that kind of stuff. But, like, we, we, there are GPUs that are legitimately being designed and built in China. And CPUs as well. So, like, this is already happening. But in order for that to take off and actually be useful for the Chinese government, they would have to actually also create an ecosystem that the Chinese consumer would also want. Well, unless they just focus on business. Because, as you said, there are many, I guess they're, like, privately owned businesses, but they they have a lot of state influence. They're kind of appendages of the state in some ways. And so therefore the state can kind of stipulate onto those companies that they use or do certain things. So maybe they, they stipulate that all these companies must use um, China-made semiconductors. And that kind of, that gives you, you become your own best customer and it gives you a lot of volume and then you have to build out these ecosystems just to serve yourself. Mm-hmm whether or not it even goes to the consumer. It seems like a bit of an uphill battle in that sense, though. But if the end goal is to create something that is all-encompassing, then that makes more sense to me. Um, just creating something for yourself for the sake of it being something you built, I can't see that being really the thing that the Chinese government, like, that the, the, the hill they die on, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you it think seems like behind? there's something else behind that. Do you think their their technology is far behind? No. Or even ahead? Um, I'm not sure if I would say ahead, but um, just as a result of not only corporate espionage, that's that's all that's a thing even in the West. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to crap on China here, uh, but as a result of that, you know, the great leap forward. Um, and just as a result of China's uh, modernization in terms of um, its consumer sector and its electronics sector, um, I think that it, it will at least reach parity relatively soon. Like probably in the next, I don't know. I hesitate By 2025? To even, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about 2025. I hesitate to put a time frame on it, though, because, like, they already have really powerful supercomputers. Yeah, they had the world's most powerful for a time there. I think they've been bested now. Plus, they have more engineers, yeah. more engineering graduates. They have a lot of new, young talent coming up. Mm-hmm. More that, flexible slash non-existent patent law. Yeah. <laughs> that does help, actually. Yeah. Like, it, that's just kind of how America got where it is, is because patents originally were much looser than they are now. Well, the, they're only... They can't differentiate based on IP in that way, so they can only just beat people by innovating faster. Faster, just, cheaper, better. Yeah. Should we do some super chats? Yeah, probably. It's been an entire stream. I think you just. Uh, oh, yeah, scroll there they down. Are. Give me a good one here. 
Uh, I think that guy just says, shoot me now, please. <laughs> no, shout me out, please. Oh, shout me out, please. Okay, yeah. hi. <laughs> uh, Tommy Gum 1928. No Luke, no Linus. Still, I expect a great WAN show. I hope we did that for you, Tommy. Hopefully. Probably not, though. Harsh. <laughs> uh, folding Mouth shout out, please. Like, oh, Folding Month. Please. Sweet. Oh, Folding Month. It's That's the, Bang Quigley. It's the time of folding. The time. If of you guys don't know what that is, you just download this client on your computer. It's very easy to do. And basically, you can just kind of offer the computing capacity of your machine to the greater good, which is uh, it's a distributing, distributed computing network of people trying to fold proteins. And so basically what defines a protein and what it can do is its physical structure. And that structure is usually like a linear kind of like foldy thing. And so you use your computer to look at uh, new structures and discover them and fight diseases like Alzheimer's and cancer and stuff. Yeah, like especially anything to do with prions. Have you ever? What's a prion? Uh, they're terrifying, but um, mad cow disease is a prion disease. Okay. Um, they're due to a protein folding in an irregular way. And as a result, it like starts to corrupt other proteins. And yeah, it, it's, it's really scary. So folding is easy though. And I did it <laughs> last year for like a month and a half totally heated up my house, which was great because it was winter time. So I recommend you guys do it. It's for a good cause. And if you go through the the forum at lionstechtips.com, you can even get some cool badges by your name. So yeah. I have all this forum clout now because I did that. All, the, all these cool forum badges. So I don't know the details. There's actually like competitions and stuff and there's, there's a LTT team and you can be ranked and we're competing against other teams around the world. I'm sorry I don't have the details about that right now, but go to LTT the form and uh, join it. Do it. Do it now. Uh, is this our team? That looks like our team. Show everyone. Show us, Anthony. Woohoo! Linus Tech Tips team. Active CPUs within 50 days. 4,865. I'm impressed. That's a lot of CPUs. How team many? ranking 10 of 228,803. We're in 10th? We're, yeah, we're only in 10th. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We can do better than that, though. Let's see. Oh, hey, there's Ben Quigley. He's the guy who actually shouted yeah. this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Top 10. I think we actually have prizes we're giving out. I think they talked about this on the last WAN show, but the, the community has gotten some prizes together, and we ourselves have offered up some prizes for, I guess, the main contributors to this. So everybody, go fold. Folding at home client is, is uh, what you download, and it's very easy to turn off and on. Yeah, think of it like Bitcoin mining, except less terrible and also, well, for a really good cause. It's medical science. Super less terrible. Oh yeah. What else we got? What else we got here? Uh, when will the Oculus Quest review be up? It has been reported, repeatedly referenced on the channel, but it's only on Floatplane. That's Val Jenkins. Uh, yeah, let's see here. actually I think Monday. Is it? It's uh, this week. The video did get delayed, um, but actually it turned out to have a silver lining in the delay because since we filmed it, the um, Connect 6 conference happened and they announced at least three things that are pertinent to uh, Oculus Quest and our video. So <coughs> now we've been able to incorporate those new developments into the video and I believe it's, uh, it's gonna come out next week. Nice, yeah, it is scheduled for Monday but that may change, so do not take that as verbatim, but uh, expect it soon. Uh, let's see. Let's do one more. One more, okay, let's make it a good one. Oculus Quest is actually wicked. My, I brought it home and I was very surprised. I wanted to show all my friends, but it was my wife who got the most into it, and she is not a gamer at all. All right, lay it on me. Uh, okay, Tech Revamp says, if you have the smart home and everything else you can buy into the system now and be, wait. Is this like an oh would you rather like a hypothetical? This I don't I don't even know what this is actually. I thought this was something different. If you have the smart home and everything else, you can buy into the system now and be possible be better of with later gen. Oh how? Like is he, is this a question? I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tech. Uh First time listening to Wancho on headphones, alarm, alarm headers, my drums, eardrums, lesson to learn. That was Stephen Willis. Uh, if, if, the the, 
Yeah. If the moon was made out of cheese, would you eat? The Klipsky. I would eat. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Would you think that it would be a hard cheese or a creamy cheese? Um, it would probably be creamier at the center. It seems like a hard cheese. It'd be mostly hard cheese. But it, the, the, the divots on the moon, the craters, kind of look like those dimples, like Swiss. Maybe a little bit, yeah. So that's kind of softer. It's kind of got that, that kind of white-gray... Not really. That's like more... Well, it is gray, it would but be it looks, weird it looks to, more Swiss cheesy. It'd be so weird to walk on something edible. Like, imagine it actually... Have you never stepped on food before? Not like, like not to, even accidentally. Not to, not to the extent that I could like do a bum drop on food. <laughs> like if you were on the m actual moon and it actually was made out of cheese, you know when you like go down and, and eat snow, like you go to an area of snow that's fresh snow I, that's I untouched. I try not to do that, but yeah. Like you never been like thirsty. Like you go s skiing or something, and you're super thirsty, and then you go to an area that like no one's there, and you just like eat a little bit of snow. I guess they'd be like the same etiquette with the cheese moon. Probably it would also probably either be really hot or really cold. So. Oh, true. Oh, can you imagine if it was super delicious and you were starving, but you're in a spacesuit, so you actually can't access it? You just, yeah, it's like water, water, everywhere, not a drop to drink kind of style. <laughs> anyway, this is getting weird. Let's, let's sign off. Come back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, Vertigear. Vertigear. <laughs> wow. And make sure you buy your elemental shirts before they sell out in the next two hours. Yeah, they're going to be gone. Four for like, 50 bucks, baby. Yep. Cannot be beat. That's a really good deal. Good shirts are good. Good quality. Roll the outro. What is the outro? Is Same, as the intro? Intro. Same as the intro. Same as the Savage Jerky! Dispatch! Bye-bye! Bye!